Hello and welcome to the USERF Spotlight podcast, a weekly podcast series by the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom, where we take a deep dive into religious freedom conditions around the world, breaking the situation down for you. Each week, we focus on a different country, region, or topic. Not only do we analyze and explain the religious freedom situation to our listeners, but we also make policy recommendations to the United States government in order to address the immense challenges we bring to light here. Now here is the host of our show, USERF Director of Outreach and Policy, Dwight Bashir, to lead today's discussion. Welcome to USERF Spotlight. Today we're going to preview the International Religious Freedom Summit. It's taking place next week in Washington, D.C. from June 28th to 30th. For those of you unaware, the primary focus of the Earth Summit, as it's called, is to create a powerful coalition of organizations that operate together to advance religious freedom around the world and to increase public awareness and political strength for the international religious freedom movement. To provide insight for us today, we have one of the summit co-chairs, former ambassador for international religious freedom, Sam Brownback. Uh, Sam Brownback served in that capacity from 2018 to 2021, and he presided over the first ever ministerials uh, to advance international religious freedom in 2018 and 2019. He previously served as governor of Kansas from 2011 to 2018, and before that, as senator uh, from Kansas for 15 years, where he served on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and worked for many years on a range of religious freedom issues. We'd also planned to have the other Earth uh, Summit co-chair, Katrina Lantos-Sweat. Unfortunately, she was unable to make it uh, to join us here at the last minute. But thank you so much for being with us, Ambassador Brownback, and welcome to USERF Spotlight. Dwight, thank you. And I really appreciate what USERF does I think you do a, a fabulous job of highlighting uh, these issues around the world of religious persecution. You do so in a bipartisan fashion. Uh, you do so apart from the administration. So you have that independence that's so necessary and helpful. So I just I really appreciate what USERF does. Keep it up. Well, thank you for those kind words, Ambassador Brownback. You co-chaired the inaugural Earth Summit held just last year, the first uh, of, of its kind, you know, and, and you had presided over the ministerials, as I mentioned. You had a very successful turnout, despite uh, the pandemic uh, that was still raging uh, last summer. One of the biggest in-person uh, gatherings in Washington, D.C., you know, since the pandemic uh, happened. Can you share with our audience about the vision you had in holding that first Earth Summit and the genesis behind the summit? And what were some of the key outcomes from last year? You know, it it was uh, really the, the whole movement, I think, is inspired uh, by uh, the people that are persecuted around the world. I, I was in Taiwan speaking uh, one time and was saying, you know, the, those of us who are standing up for religious freedom are the voices and we're the hands and the feet of those that are huddled in corners and basements and in huts, just um, fearful of being persecuted simply for wanting to practice their faith freely as they see fit. And we're their voices. And I think that's what the summit really was, was the, the culmination of their prayers and their request to just let us freely practice our faith. So now uh, we've got a nascent global movement going, standing up for religious freedom, where there's been so much persecution around the world in various contexts and countries. 
but those people's prayers are being heard. And you're seeing now things like the ministerials, which there'll be one soon in uh, London. And you're seeing these civil society gatherings like the International Religious Freedom Summit next week uh, that's taking place. Uh, where you bring in all these various groups, we'll have over 80 different groups coming together from all different faiths to stand for those who are persecuted for their faith. So it's a divinely inspired uh, movement, and it's one that the people really needed because there's just so much persecution going on of people of faith around the world. Yeah, building off what you just uh said there about the, the the main focus here for to focus on the persecuted because obviously you know seeing a face associated with the persecution you might see and hear the statistics and numbers but ultimately it's about the people can you tell us a bit more about this upcoming summit that's going to be held next week what what can participants expect in terms of specific themes this time around and and who will be some of the keynote uh presenters this year well, the theme is the same this year as it was last year, and that is religious freedom for everybody everywhere all the time. And that's our standard. Uh, that's what we're fighting for. <clears throat> we never discuss <clears throat> theology because we don't agree on theology. We're, we're talking about a common human right, uh, and that's what we're standing up for, and that's what, that's what we'll be uh, uh, talking about. Um, this year, we've got a couple of particular focuses. One, we're going to take a real serious uh, run at and discussion on this forced organ harvesting issue, uh, Dwight, that's, uh, uh, that's continued to be raised and uh, is happening in China. Uh, it's just such a ghastly thing to even contemplate it happening, but we'll have a panel specifically on forced organ harvesting of Falun Gong, uh, Uyghurs, and um, I'm afraid also uh, some Christians involved in that as well. We'll have some discussion of what's taking place in Ukraine uh, and Russia and the religious persecution uh, that has happened uh, that has happened there. The Finnish parliamentarian uh, that was um, prosecuted for posting Bible verses will be in attendance and speaking. So we're going to be talking about Western countries and what religious persecution looks like in, in Western uh, countries and democracy. The um, bishop over the Catholic Church in Nigeria that was attacked and 50 people killed uh, will be present. Uh, and speaking about that horrific violence that's happened there, uh, we'll, we'll be covering really the world, the, the Uyghurs and what's happening to them, the Rohingya uh, and what's happening there. There'll be a broad cross-section of key eyewitnesses. Uh, Dwight, that's really the key thing that people can get out of this summit. Uh, there's going to be star power people peaking, uh, speaking there as well, like Freedom Ennis, but the real stars are the family members and the individuals that have been persecuted for their faith, speaking out about this is what I experienced. This is what my family has experienced, and it needs to stop. Yeah, that was such a powerful element of last year's and I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you're continuing that to put a face uh, to the persecuted and, and to tell their stories to, to galvanize further action in all aspects uh, of society, government and non-government. One of the new features I noted this year is uh, that there'll be a civil society congress uh, to help develop innovative ideas to stem religious per persecution. Can you tell us more about what the idea is behind this congress? And if you could also share uh, with our audience, uh, the kinds of opportunities exist for civil society groups that may be listening and other individuals to participate in the summit. 
The, the Civil Society Congress is where we're asking and inviting civil society groups that work in this space of religious persecution uh, to get up and give a report and give a suggestion. Uh, so we're devoting most of an afternoon just to say, tell us your ideas, tell us what you're working on, and give a chance for them to get an exposure and other people to understand, oh, that's what that group is working on. Um, there's the group, uh, March for the Martyrs, that's trying to raise public awareness of those martyred uh, for their faith. Or here's this group uh, that's working on this particular uh, topic. Uh, it's really to give these group an exposure and then also uh, ask them to put forward, what's your idea for reducing religious persecution? We've seen a continued increase in religious persecution around the world, not a decrease in spite of all of these efforts. Uh, well, are, are there some ideas out there that we need to pursue more aggressively? Um, that's the idea in the, the Civil Society Congress. And Dwight, if I might just say as an overview, you know, this topic of religious freedom started as a, a boutique foreign policy issue. Uh, it was one where I mean, we started 20 plus years ago, uh, now working on this in the United States and some other countries, and there were a few people being persecuted and we had raised it up. This topic is going mainstream foreign policy. If we're going to stop genocide in the world, we've got to stop religious persecution because almost every genocide is associated with a religious minority. The Rohingya are Muslims in a Buddhist country. The Uyghurs are Muslims in an atheist uh, country. The, you, you just kind of go on and on about it's normally a religious minority not allowed to practice their faith is the root cause, uh, the root motivator, unfortunately, of genocide um, around the world. And then you have the granddaddy of the Jewish Holocaust in World War II in Nazi Germany. Yeah, no, that's such an important point. And I was just thinking, as you mentioned, these genocides just in recent years, in the past 10 years, we also, you know, saw the, the genocide committed by ISIS against Christians and Yazidis in Iraq. And so when you think about the role of religion, people have been targeted on that basis in multiple countries, different contexts, just in the last 10 years alone. And so I know a, a, a very important aspect uh, of the Earth Summit is that it brings together this broad coalition includes, which, which really includes receiving bipartisan support politically and participation by such a wide range of NGOs and religious communities. Can you tell us, because you mentioned that at the outset in talking about USERFs, because USERFs built on bipartisanship and really nonpartisanship in its work, but how do you work to ensure that this summit continues to be supported by both political parties and from a wide range of religious communities, including those that have no beliefs? Uh, well, we've got uh, bipartisan co-chairs, Katrina Lantos-Sweat, uh, her uh, father, Democrat member of Congress, Tom Lantos, uh, who I'd served with, was a fabulous man. Uh, her husband was a Democrat member of Congress uh, from New Hampshire. Uh, I'm, of course, Republican. We've got uh, House and Senate co-chairs, Republican, Democrat, uh, both. And then we actively recruit uh, people from all faiths, Christian, Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, Sikhs, just really the entire range of faiths we ask to be involved. Now, some are more involved than others. Uh, some, you know, kind of 
uh, kind of watching it uh, maybe more so, but we ask and seek everybody's engagement. So I said at the outset, it, it's about a common human right. Uh, and I also think this is a cornerstone human right. Governments fear religion kind of across the board because religion is the only entity that can have enough fealty to it and enough strength to stand up to a government in almost every country. And so governments don't like them and governments figure ways to persecute religious minorities and in some cases religious majorities or just everybody in the case of China. Well, we want to see that the people, that, that's why it's a foundational human right, because if you can get religious freedom established in a nation, your other human rights will flourish too. The right to assembly, the right to free speech, uh, the free press, these things will flourish if you can get this foundational one right that's the, the one that honestly can stand up to government. Yeah, indeed. And and I know that you've spent a lot of your time in recent years elevating this issue, not only uh, recently as the ambassador at large, and, and as I mentioned, uh, you know, uh, elevating the issue through the ministerials and uh, making it a core foreign policy issue. Obviously, the, the summit takes significant resources to pull off, and you hope to receive, uh, receive as much attention, engagement from not only the media, but the administration and Congress. You mentioned the congressional co-chairs, both from the Senate and the House. In your estimation, how does the Earth Summit hope to influence you know, U.S. international religious freedom policy? You spent time inside the government. Now you're on the outside. Are there particular areas you hope to move the ball forward on in terms of U.S. policy by, by galvanizing this movement of uh, non-governmental and religious groups? I, I really hope we can move into the mainstream of foreign policy discussions so that whenever there's a meeting between leaders around the world, we know they're going to discuss security issues. Uh, we know they're going to discuss economic issues. I want to know they're going to discuss human rights and religious freedom issues. Uh, and I think we're getting there with this. I, I think if we can really see this point about either we're going to have religious freedom for everybody, or we will continue to have the clash of civilizations, because civilizations are generally built on a religion. And so in, in behind the civilization, it's, it's religions that are fighting. You, you go look at Africa today and the, the terrible situation in Nigeria. Underneath the root of this is a division between Christians and Muslims. Uh, now, it's not everybody by any means. It's uh, often cases, small percentages, but you'll have small percentages uh, of radicalized people funded by uh, extremists in cases that, that really are lighting this on fire. And the government's role needs to be to protect religious adherents, regardless of what they believe, as long as they're willing to peacefully practice their faith. So those are things that I'm hopeful we can continue to uh, move forward. Uh, and get in a broader mindset that if we're going to stop this clash of civilizations, the root piece of this is religious freedom. Now, for our listeners uh, who, out there who might be interested in participating, who haven't registered yet, or those who want to know more, how can people get involved at this stage, at this later stage, find more information about the event? Do they need to be in D.C. to participate? Are there virtual options? What what kinds of provisions do you have in place uh, to, to get the widest participation as possible? Well, I hope people come. 
Uh, we've still got registration spots available. Uh, as you noted at the outset, the meeting is June 28th to 30th in Washington, D.C. People can go on the website, IRF Summit 2022, IRF Summit 2022, and they can register there. And I hope they have come and attend in person. Uh, if a group of five wants to come, the registration fee is cut in half. And it's it's pretty minimal registration fee. Anyway, we want people there if they can come. They can also tune in on the live stream. Uh, they can go to that same website, IRF Summit 2022, uh, and we'll live stream the uh, main stage uh, events. So uh, I hope um, people will participate one of those ways or another. They may want to have their group join as a convener uh, of it. They could still sign up as a convening organization if they want to be a part of that. And again, go on that website uh, and contact um, the uh, organizers. Uh, Peter Burns is the executive director of it uh, to be a convener for the group. Uh, I'm, I'm finding a number of groups want to convene to put forward their topic because we let everybody who's a convener be a site of a sidebar meeting. And that's where they can then say, here's the problem our religious group is experiencing. Uh, and these, those have been valuable to spread the information and get further out there what, what people are personally experiencing around the world. Well, thank you for that, that uh, information about the five or more people that they get a good, uh, good discount there. So it is still possible. You mentioned the sidebar events. I know there are dozens of those happening right there at the hotel the Renaissance Hotel, uh, in addition to all the plenary sessions. So there are obviously a lot of ways to participate. I want to thank uh, Sam Brownback uh, for joining us today, co-chair of the Earth Summit happening next week, June 28th to 30th. To learn more about the summit, he gave the website. You can go right directly at www.irfsummit.org. That's www.irfsummit.org. As always, thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time on Serve Spotlight. To learn more about USERF and about global religious freedom concerns, visit usurf.gov. That's U-S-C-I-R-F dot gov. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at USCIRF. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for another USERF Spotlight.